right, we on. Welcome to the inaugural episode of If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. This is a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It is 20 years old today, and I'm stoked about that. So we are celebrating the best way we can by talking about it at nauseum, about things that we've already discussed many times over as friends. This is not a recap show. It's just a show about something that I love. It's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, let's have some fun. That clock is great. Music back up. And second episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. Wow. I said Slayer. <laughs> Take two. Slayer. This is the preeminent Slayer podcast where we talk about Slayer song by song. No, 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 no. no. Buffy no. the Vampire Slayer. Oh, sh- I'm in the wrong room. Okay. Are you going to leave? No, I think I'll, I think I'll stay. This is my very good friend, Daniel. This is me. And my name is Kelly, and I'm a huge Buffy fan. Uh, uh, we are too. going to be talking. About, yes, we're both fans. Both fans. Show. Both huge fans of the huge show. Fans. Uh, we're going to be talking about the very first episode, Welcome to the Hellmouth, as well as the second episode, which was aired on the same day, which is why we're releasing at the same time, The Harvest. So in order to kind of wrap our heads around appropriately how to watch Buffy, we were going to put ourselves back in the 90s. I did not watch the show when it first aired. I didn't know it existed. But I did start watching it like live during the fifth season. But at this time, yeah, no, I'm nine. What am I doing watching Buffy? Okay, well, let's, let's go back to the 90s. Let's go back baby. to the 90s. The one and only. I mean, it's fair. It was only one. <laughs> Uh, okay, so 1997, uh, we're in Mar- we're March 10th. It's March 10th, 1997. Yes. So far this year, we've had a couple of great things that have happened. Really? Yes, a couple of great things. Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Number one, a little dude named Bill Clinton oh. was inaugurated in his second term as something called the President of the United States Oh, we don't have those anymore, though, I don't think. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, on February 4th, Something you you were just you came from Serbia. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I did not come from Serbia. <laughs> you did not come. No, but you lived in Serbia for a moment. Yes. Uh, Slobodan Milosevic uh, recognized opposition victories in the 1996 elections in Serbia. Huh? We're on our way to the uh, Serbian yeah, because war. That's all so the over, Yugoslav wars. Correct. Yeah. And over the course of the next uh, six years, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be exploring Serbian politics. This is mainly a Serbian political podcast. Well, the former Yugoslavia podcast. The former Yugoslavia. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 7,000 for the very first time. Oh my God, that's a fact I would never find out on my we own. We are over 21,000 today. Wait, so you just said over 7,000, now we're over 21,000? We're over 21,000 wow. today. Correct. That seems like a big number. That was, uh, that was on the 13th of February. All right, then. Those are big numbers. Um, on the 22nd of February... Dolly the Sheep was cloned. <gasps> Dolly? Really? That happened that long that ago? That happened in 1997. No exactly. And uh, and then it led to on uh, March 4th, so last week, 
uh, President Clinton banned federal funding for human cloning. <laughs> like, hey, that's neat. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that to humans. <laughs> so that's where we are. Okay, so uh, not to spoil any sort of films or music, but we're just going to go over some fun. <laughs> it's been 20 years. <laughs> like, come on. It's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. That's fair. Everything's fair uh, game. Okay. But uh, Kelly, do, do you know what the highest grossing film of 1997 is? Titanic, right? It's got to be Titanic. <laughs> I guess it's not even a fair question. Right? It's Titanic. It's Titanic. Final, oh, yeah, okay. far and a, yeah, far and For a second, I was like, is it not Titanic? <laughs> no. It could be one of the, the movies that have come out so far in oh, 1997. Yeah. So let's dive into that. So on on February 7th, you could have gone to the movie theater to watch Dante's Peak. Oh, right? I've never seen that. So I've never seen that either. Yeah. But you probably have seen uh, both of these. On the 14th, on Valentine's Day, you could go to see Fool's Rush In. Oh, yeah, I have seen that And one. Vegas Vacation. Nope, don't even... Have, is that a National vacation. Lampoon's one? It is. Oh, it's, okay. it's just another of the very quickly dying it's, it's vacation franchise. Christmas. Yeah. It's no, no, Vegas. this is decades after... Not decades, but, you know, 10 years later, yeah. which is not going to be as good. However, you probably have seen at least one of these. Uh, on March 7th, so literally three days ago in 1997, Jungle to Jungle. <gasps> I love Jungle, Jungle to Jungle. Jungle to Jungle. Tim Allen. Yes. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Is it? No, it, it's... No. It's the kid, Jonathan Taylor it's Thomas. It's not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's some rando kid with long, flowy hair. It is absolutely not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Do not try to steal some home improvement glory. Just, that's uh, Tom and Hawk. I mean, Wild America. That's, that's the one. No, that's a movie, but that's not what I'm thinking of. Well, so is Jungle to Jungle. Wild America did come out in 97, though. Yeah, listen, I'm going to stand by. I'm going to stand by. That my statement from before. So Jungle to Jungle had Jonathan Taylor no, Thomas and Tim Allen. No, also, Private Parts came out. Howard Stern's movie. Oh, yeah, okay. I have seen that one, too. Crazy. Who knew? Who knew? All right, so in music, just to push a little forward, we also have a little music podcast about Bob Dylan. If you don't know, it's on the window. <laughs> nice we're, plug. Eh, oh, we're the same people. God. And... Hey, you were, do you know who won a Grammy for Best Record oh, in 1997? Oh, I do. I think I learned this on our other podcast. I'm sure you did. Uh, it it's Bob a podcast Dylan? about Bob Dylan, so I think <laughs> I hope you learned something. Uh, but anyways, guess what single came out on the 7th of January? Is it the one we listened to? Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Oh. <laughs> who knew? Yes. That's crazy. That's a classic. So I'm just going to run through a couple records that came out over the course Spice of the years. Spice Girls is never on Buffy. It's too. too yeah, expensive. and Spice Girls also didn't. I don't think they released a record. Maybe later this year. Uh uh, Daft Punk, their uh, first record, nice. Homework, came Homework, out yeah, yeah. in January. Built to Spill, who I love, who are from Portland, Oregon. Perfect from now on came out. David Bowie released Earthling. Mm. Offspring had Ixnay on the Ombre. Mm. Blur, their self-title mm. came out in 97. I didn't even know. Is that the one that song two's on? Uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Pavement, Bright in the Corners, yes. amazing record, came out in 97. Uh, Sick of It All's Built to Last. Nice. Uh, Veruca Salt. Yeah, I put Veruca that on Salt. there for you. Eight Arms to Hold You. Yes. Anal Cunt came out with I Like It When You Die. Well, of course. Of course. Elliot Smith's fucking classic, Either War, came out. Marcy Playground was oh, the thing. Man. Marcy Playground. Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, uh, who just released an amazing record last year. Uh, I'm just starting to kind of get up on them. They came out with The Boatman's Call in 97. U2's Pop, which apparently Ooh. people hated. Yeah. 97 what came out. Van Morrison, Healing Game. And then a band called Threshold, which I don't know if you've even... I don't know. Threshold. Uh, these actually came out. These two came out on the day of Buffy's uh, Aaron. episode airing. Threshold, extinct, ex- extinct instinct. Oh, that's. They seem like that. a weird metal band just mm. by yeah, artwork. And, stuff, yeah. and then the Bee Gees, Stillwater, <laughs> still around. Um, yeah. So, and then a couple famous deaths just that have happened so far in '97. A uh, personal uh, hero of mine, Town, Towns Van Zant, died on the first of the year in '97. 
Uh, Charles Benton Huggins, the 1966 Nobel Prize winner for cancer research, died on the 12th of January. This is a bummer. I know. Notorious B.I.G. <gasps> oh, yeah. Died yesterday Damn. in 1997. Uh, yeah, it's... It's it's a rough it's rough going out there. It was Tupac and then Biggie, right? Yeah, Tupac died in ninety six. Right, yeah. yeah, he died. Uh, anyways, so that's nineteen ninety seven. As we go forward, I think we're just going to kind of break it down into sort of big situations. But yeah. as of right now, I think it's fun to what came out this week. We've set the and, stage, man. Yeah, and albums used to come out on on Tuesdays. I think movies used to come out on Thursdays. Fridays. Oh, well, it's Thursdays now. Yeah. yeah, right now they just kind of come out whenever. Yeah. Uh, well, Wednesdays. I mean, movies have Wednesday releases okay. now, so I think movies are a lot you know sort of yeah so uh with this one we're definitely working with tuesdays for music i think fridays really for for movies mm. um so we're definitely going to be updating you as we go on and then just talking about maybe some, some bigger stuff but yeah. that's where we are so dolly's cloned Milosevich is in power and he's saying okay to elections and um you know bill clinton is a thing well i uh watch a lot of vh1 or i did so it's like oh, hard yeah. to know was this a vh1 clip show or do i actually yeah. legitimately remember this from my life it's like the 80s did you actually were you there no absolutely no, not we were three and two but at the end of it but i was there yeah i was i <laughs> actually i was there i think if you look at the video of the berlin wall coming down i was there in germany at down. The right, absolutely yeah. no i was the baby daniel right. just mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I could be wrong. Gorbachev, we mean Daniel. Tear down this Tear wall. Down this wall. No. So, now that we're appropriately back in the 90s, yeah, we're back March 10th, 1997, like, what you thought about the episode? So, I took notes, um, as, as, as you do. Right. Uh, and so, the first thing I noticed right away, uh, Darla... Mm-hmm. Our friend Darla. Very first person we get to meet on the he, show. Darla. I stopped watching Dexter because she died. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Julie Benz. Yeah. Julie Benz. So I loved it. I really enjoyed the the way the camera panned over the guy's um, shoulder to look over at the door. And then came back and Julie was fine. Or Darla was fine. <laughs> and everyone's cool. Julie's fine too for the record. <laughs> Julie's fine too. But then, but then Darla becomes the vampire. And I thought it was really... You know, I kind of understand what they were doing, but I thought it was really well done. Where it's like, obviously, this is going to be the thing. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. boom! And then I thought it set the tone well. Yeah, because I enjoyed that. Joss Whedon's whole thing was, I'm turning horror on its head. Uh, Everybody thinks the blonde girl's going to get it, but ah, the blonde girl's well, a monster. Watch out! Which is really cool. It was subversive at the time. Yeah, for, for 97, 97 was subversive. Yeah. Now we're all jaded and we know better yeah, because know. like anybody can do anything. There's no stakes. Yeah. It's like the camera's going over the shoulder. He's not going to die now. He's yes. going to die when he watches the ring and he, <laughs> you know, seven days from now. Right. Um, okay, so then it goes to Sarah Jessica Parker. And Sarah I, Jessica Parker! <laughs> Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> You're leaving that in. Oh, no. You're leaving that oh, in. no. No, I... That's... If I can say Slyre, then you oh, can say Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, I just have the wrong initials right. on just here. Hit it. Oh, my God. You can, you can pause it if you need to. No, no. We're, it's going to stay in. Okay, right. so I have a note that says, uh, quote, okay, Sarah, just, you know, shake around in this definitely slept in bed so we can overlay a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> and I think that that's so the time period, like... The master is a thing. Mm-hmm. Luke 
Lucas, Luke, Luke, just Luke is a thing. Darla's a thing. Like, fuck well, off. this whole thing is really interesting because she's having a prophetic dream, right? Like, we we almost wow. never touch on again beyond the first season, mm-hmm. which is really funny that it's such a big deal, such a big focal point in this episode. But as the two episodes combined, very important. I think they they do the the those all going together very well, yeah. and it works. On, on that level but yeah it's some bullshit I, mean, I think it's fine to well, do it's we, just hilarious well, once we get like, to the yeah, harvest, but once we get to the harvest and we start you know Giles starts giving us the fucking rules mm-hmm. this becomes weird because you're just like not a thing yeah it just doesn't become a, a you know we never see it again also most of the clips from her uh, nightmare pro- like her prophetic yeah. dream are used in that intro like mm-hmm. in yeah. every generation of yeah. Slayers blah, one girl blah blah right yeah they use those same clips which, which Giles just later in the, the library season. Repeats rocks that oh, yeah. verbatim much basically. better, which is why they actually use Anthony Stewart Head to do the voiceover for it in See, season two. Knowledge, because knowledge right here, yeah. Okay, and so skating was cool mm-hmm. in 1997. Does Xander know how to skate? Is okay. he late? So is he trying to be cool but failing? Because no one seems to care when he wipes out. But you're saying skating because you're cooler than me? Because when I you say skating, I, I think ice skating. Because uh, Buffy loves ice skating. Well, you mean a skateboarding? For, yeah, dude. Oh, come on now. All right, see, I don't know. Season two, there's even an episode where she's making out with Angel on the ice. It's got vampire face. She's like, how could you love me? I'm a monster. She's like, I love you anyway. You don't remember this? Legit don't remember. Okay. We anyway, must have been continue. super drunk. Standard on the skateboard. No, I mean, what's going on? I mean, what's... <laughs> the, it, he hit a railing and no one seemed to give him a fuck. Like, <laughs> like this is an everyday occurrence. Skating is cool. We just talked about the offspring. I mean, just throw out some offspring. <laughs> but 94 has happened. Skating is cool. Skate punk is a thing. Mm-hmm. Xander's the only Southern California kid skating. <laughs> and everyone's like, what is this perplexing man doing on his board of wheels? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? And the willow's like, hey, Xander, as if his crashing is a normal occurrence. Yes. So well, hit me up. What the hell? What's uh, going on? That They never have Xander on a skateboard again because that scene was so hard to film. I hope not. And he does hold the skateboard, <laughs> alluding to the fact that he may have once in his life skateboard. Do you think when we get down to the basement and Cordelia's like they're going to have sex, do you think... Oh, in season two. Or three or whatever No, it's it two. When they, and like it's the, two when yeah. they get together? Oh, yeah, man. Also, Cordelia, Xander, I'm going to say, I don't, I'm into it. <laughs> but do you think the skateboard's down there just sitting oh, yeah. in the corner? In Buffy's basement? Yeah, Xander's skateboard is definitely in Buffy's basement. No, it's not Buffy's basement. Yes, it is. No, because dad, his dad comes down and is like, I'm oh, your dad. Oh, you mean when he's living in the living basement. In Sorry, the basement. I thought yeah. when you said with Xander and Cordelia, Cordelia's never shown oh, in his in basement. basement yeah. when they're like having their moment when and the they bug break guy up. from the, the trio oh, of assassins. I'm not looking forward to any of that. Right. Anyway, so, oh my God, Willow is adorable. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Willow is adorable. And Xander and Willow's <laughs> chemistry right away is really magnetic. I'm already... I know that I'm, I'm I'm jaded. I'm biased. I understand where they're going with all of it, but right away you can just tell they're friends. Yeah. However, a moment later we meet Jesse, and instantly you realize that Jesse has nothing to do with the show because they're like, "Hey, Xander, what's up? Tenth grade was cool. Also, remember when we were five? Yeah, we have our own language, Jesse." Up, Jesse. And that's what you say to someone who's not your friend. I know. The, and Jesse is completely really absurd. And I'm like, go back to six feet under where you're an asshole. Go back to 24 <laughs> where you die in CTU. You know, it's like I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand him except to be a weird vampire who ends up just like 
doing nothing. Yeah. He did nothing. He just like tried to lock him in the room and fucked that up. Well, and then that's it. The entire purpose for his existence is because Joss Whedon thought he was like really super clever because he wanted to kill somebody yeah. that was in the opening credits in the very first. Well, episode. I will say again, we're being very jaded yeah. and ridiculous on the source material because it is again a really great episode, and that actually does work okay. It works okay. Well, kind of if it would have pulled off but... the gag, it would have been way better. Yeah. The only reason I'm personally bitter about it is not against him it's because he used that gag to kill tara so that's why i oh, personally have a thorn about that kelly clear up your 2022 schedule because we will get to tara <laughs> don't serious. you worry okay so when he meets when uh when uh buffy <laughs> that's her name <laughs> when buffy meets uh principal not doug flutie but bob flutie, bob flutie um basically what i heard was quote bitch did you burn your old school down <laughs> Well, a clean slate is what you're going to have here at the WB. I'm interested in I'm interested in what it says here about your Rotten Tomatoes score, though. But but we'll let that slide. The conversation you heard is way more meta than the conversation that happened on screen. <laughs> Bob Flutie has all the hot takes on Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> he did. He was from like, 1992. I'm going to take this chance on this shitty movie which we'll get to at some other later by date. Movie, I mean the character of Buffy yeah, the Vampire Slayer. Right. And we're just going to pretend like you burned down the school as a 15 year old and you're fine. Whatever. We're going <laughs> to let that one go. So anyways I noticed that a girl knocks down Buffy's books doesn't help her even though she just pitched in in one of those uh, you know quaint 1990s you know efforts to get people to like not Reduce litter recycle. but not even that just like don't throw your trash around the you ground right it's like pitch in what in a garbage can like did we not throw stuff away uh xander saying can i have you mm. i think it was so xander perfect perfect early encapsulation of xander i have to say that he's um, way more suave in the first episode super, than yeah. he ever is in the entire show oh totally it's so weird totally but is it only weird retroactively? Is it weird initially when you watch it? Does it feel like... Oh, no. Buffy, I feel a pre-birthday spanking coming on. I curbed that impulse if I were you, Xander. Check. Cancel spanking. It was just like a perfect teenage boy sort of inf- over the moon infatuated with this beautiful girl. Like, we've all, I've been there. I mean, I totally understand. I don't know if I'd have the balls to say, can I have you? I mean, that was awesome. Well, I mean, it's... I know, but it's but it's hilarious because, like, what a, what a slip up. Um, and speaking of beautiful, low-cut revealing tops on Sarah and Charisma are low-cut and revealing. And high-rising because midriffs are the 90s. And high-rising yeah. because midriffs. And I also want to note, you know, there's a lot of problems with teachers, in season one, we have an episode teacher's pet, right? With mm-hmm. a snake or whatever. She turns into a brain oh, mantis. God. Get okay. it Jesus. together, Daniel. So anyways, some nonsense is about to happen. But I just want to say the teachers at Sunnydale are terrible. Oh, yeah. Because she is asking poor Steve, who's probably prepared the entire episode, to answer questions about the Black Death. She asks him the social impacts of the Black Death right as the bell rung. Now, do you not understand the concept of time? Is time not a thing? I don't know. Maybe the hell mouth is <laughs> fucking with some shit. But come on. Like, I want to know what Steve's answer was because I think that I think that 
Cordelia and Buffy would benefit from it because they were in it. They were sharing a book, low cut revealing tops. It was great. They were both in it. Mm -hmm. Why can't they know what the social effects are? And it seems like Steve, she called him without even a hand raise. It's like, she knew Steve had a hand. Oh, yeah. Steve, got you. Steve, can you really quickly? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Steve, don't forget for the future. You want to crack that open, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go for it. I was also checking the time. So we never see Steve again, which is really, I think, the, the point. Yes. Also, after that, Cordelia hangs out with Buffy and then is like, oh, you don't have a book. You have to go to the library. Now, I went to a pretty posh school in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. Never had to go to the library never for once. a book. Never. Yeah, they just have books. It's not a thing. I mean, you get textbooks at the beginning of class. You get textbooks. And or you talk to your teacher. Why is Cordelia doling out books? Because, <laughs> again, if Cordelia wasn't like, hey, this girl's hot. She can be part of my posse. Buffy would literally come into this classroom and be like, What do you mean? Now, Cordelia also mentioned James Spader. Oh, yeah. Buffy was into it. Yeah. And I said the blacklist. And then she said Frappuccinos. She sure did. And she said that they were great. And I said, Is that our safe word? (laughs) And then she said John Tesh. And I said, Well, she said, Hate him. He's the devil. Mm -hmm. And I said, The fuck? the fuck's John Tesh? You know who John Tesh is, right? He's a, like a musician-ish. Know. He's a singer. Well, if he has to say musician-ish, I, I don't think. Like Anytime singer, ish. He, he does that thing with his voice. He's like, ah, 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 that kind of thing. Ah, John oh, Tesh. God. <laughs> well, I guess I see him being the devil, I guess. Yeah. So the thing with Starbucks, just to go with the Frappuccino oh. thing, I think oh, that's yeah. what it is. Oh, so. Right. They, well, he does make a he, Xander makes a reference later about this it being a one, one Starbucks, Starbucks town because yeah. they love to do this thing where Sunnydale's this tiny, tiny town, right? The estimated population is thirty thousand people, right? Uh-huh. But then they have this giant high school, which is actually yeah. Torrance High School, Torrance, California, which has a population of one hundred and fifty thousand people, and they act like it's this like oh it's a one starbucks town no this school you guys are ridiculous yeah this town is way bigger than you say it is yes but you're you're adorable good good try and also it's funny starbucks i didn't know it's 20 years old yeah i didn't know that that reference was even viable back then yeah but it's become obviously well that's what i said like in 1997 a one starbucks town like you're talking about the majority of america xander what are you doing yeah what are you doing I don't even know. So, anyways, I Willow was was drinking at a water fountain, and Cordelia told her to get the fuck away. Cordelia in her green pants, and she said something about Sears, and I was like, Sears is fine. I don't understand. And poor Willow, just like there's trauma there, a level of trauma that we're not prepared at this podcast to deal with. Yeah, because Willow just lost it, and I would say that the events of season six were less about Tara and more about Cordelia's terrible violence against Willow. I'm I mean, so I there was a case upset. to be made. I'm so upset that you just said that. We're going to move on immediately. So the fucking bronze showed up out of nowhere, which was hilarious. And I'm glad it was season one because geez, obviously it was. I mean, I know everything happens to the bronze. Right. But when they said it, I laughed out loud. I <laughs> forgot <bronze>. it existed. <laughs> um, I love that Cordelia just assumes, again, with the small town bullshit feel, <laughs> that assumes that they both have the same gym class. They haven't talked about school schedule. They're walking in. The bell goes off. I have to go this way. You go that way. I'll see you in gym. No, you won't. The plot <laughs> device says that that guy's killed in gym, but we're not going to meet there, Cordelia. We don't even have to meet there. Why are we pretending that that's a thing? So I found that to be very strange. 
I didn't like it. That clearly assumes that all people go to gym. Yeah, oh, that they're going to the gym at the same time. And we had gym all day oh, in really? high school. Yeah. Oh, well, like again, go we times. had the same level of high school I did in Northern Virginia that Buffy has, even though Buffy will say that it's like my mom's high school of 90 total people. Right. Um, my high school was 1,500 plus. Like, that's the size of Buffy's thing. Yeah, Torrance High School that was filled the same as Beverly Hills yeah. 90210 is a giant school. It's a giant school, absolutely. So I love that um, Buffy walks into the library and just announces herself by saying hello because I, I know that when I need a book I just walk into the Portland to the Multnomah County Library of my choosing and I just announce hello I need a book nope you don't even say I need a book I just say hello, just say hello. and then apparently someone's supposed to come out and get me my book and tell you at your destiny and then I have a, a note in um, a, a thousand font this is Giles <laughs> so I'm very excited that Giles is here me watching it again too yeah because they are now in widescreen. Oh, yeah. so much, Fox. Lovely. It's like an actual movie quality. All Intro. my dreams came true. Just, I'm Giles. But yeah, he I'm looks like, yeah, great. Giles. He looks so... I mean, he is younger, obviously. He's 20 years younger than yeah. he is now, but like extra subtly, extra jaw. He's, giving me all the Giles. He's, he's definitely a hottie, absolutely. So locker room screams are loud. That's what I said. <laughs> I was a little taken aback by Ooh, that. Oh, deep cut. Found deep out cut. on the Wikipedia oh, sure. page. That girl... Yeah, the, those two girls that are talking about when the guy falls out of the locker, one of their names is like audacious or something. I, it's really ridiculous, but she Good gracious ass is audacious. <laughs> yes, exactly. She apparently in the the thing the very first episode of uh, Angel. Oh no, I guess it would be when uh-huh. Cordelia gets her apartment. Somebody okay. calls her, and it's that random girl. No. It's supposed to be the same Aurelia Audacious or whatever her name is. She says it, and that's the two what? times that girl is ever on the show. Once in real <laughs> life, and once on the phone, quote unquote. Oh, that's kind of great. Yeah, right. That's a great. Uh, wait for the Angel podcast. I mean, we're probably going to delve deep in. No. No God. No God, please no, no, no. No! That time that Jesse calls, I think, Cordelia a bimbling idiot? Uh, no, he says that to Xander. He's like, oh, you've turned into a bimbling idiot. Like, who's so this bimbling? So what's a bimbling idiot? I think, he, like, I think Joss Whedon was another like cutesy moment where instead of saying battling because that's too normal, we're going to say bibbling. Yeah. Although yeah. maybe that's a thing. Who knows? I wasn't, I wasn't really up on the hot California vocab. That's that's very true. Yeah, I mean the library scene where that perce- yeah, follows that. Damn it, proceeds. Proceeds. The library scene where Buffy comes in after that scene and basically kind of talks to Giles straight up about being a slayer. Oh, here's and the show. Like, exactly. Here's the show. Giles gives us the great you know interpretation Your of slayer. his theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a thing. The, the intro. I the... know, I said that wrong, though. Because I'm as free as a bird now. <laughs> I just want to say the master is the worst. Uh, until he shows up in season seven as... Uh, the first, like a, as the first, yeah. I have a couple of defenses oh, for the please. master. So me for me, it. I love the master because he gave me the phrase "fruit punch mouth." I mean, later, oh, I mean, did it's Buffy that. who gives it to him. But right. I've used those words in my life so many times <laughs> because of the show. So thank you for that. I right. also like that he is so old 
that he's taken on characteristics uh, of a bat or like he's more of an animal than than any of them are right yeah. he cannot he can't not be in vamp face right and the okay. only other vampire we see that's actually been transformed because of their age or their power is uh, Kakistos who has cloven hands uh, in the third season the okay. one that's terrorizing Faith right yeah. uh, and I think that's really interesting and I'm kind of bummed that the show yeah. doesn't play with that more so the master yes he's cheesy as fuck yeah, but cheesy as fuck. He, I, I love Fruit Punch Mouth I love that he's different I also there's a note on the, the wiki page about they wanted him to actually rise out of blood but it was too hard to oh, do no, that so was just like a weird wobbly puddle yes that was amazing yeah. i gotta say that um okay i will try to this season give the master a little more a little into my heart yeah. however i just want to say i want to shout out california parks and rec because there's no world that they would allow this underground lair to just exist, exist yeah. without them knowing it so i think that tarnishing their good name is one of those things I'm just you know inherently not on board with basically Uh, anyways we see Joyce for the first time and I literally just shouted Joyce (laughs) she's the worst that undercut man you gotta give it to her that haircut's great I I know nothing because I was blinded by my rage of Joyce. Um, she's not great. Joyce is the worst mom that's ever existed until I mean, season four, and then we. I'm positive energy she flowing. She says that. a gallery. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I know too many of you, Joyce. <laughs> like we watched this after we first moved here, and now yeah. it's like this is a is this a Portlandia sketch? This is a joke, right? <laughs> so, anyways, I'm I'm not on board with that. With Joyce, uh, the character. <laughs> Oh, she's just such a terrible mom until season four she's and even it's like she's barely in season four she's only in one or two episodes and then in season five she's a great mom to dawn she's a great mom and then she to dies dawn. yes uh okay as you know if your mom isn't great right now just wait for her season five <laughs> wait for mom season five but then be careful and then be mom careful if mom five. comes out of nowhere with season five she's got some deep cut cancer we're gonna have to talk about sunnydale geography at some oh point. yeah it's um, a mess it's a mess i mean in the, in this episode in particular we have fucking buffy you know leaving joyce's fake grips you know don't do anything bad don't go out oh but you're gonna go anyway whatever so joyce doesn't exist but they live in the burbs <laughs> as we see in the great halloween episodes that are gonna happen but no i'm just gonna walk down to the quote downtown industrial area mm-hmm. that's like four blocks away but yet enough that angel's trailing me but i can't tell but i do tell mm-hmm. but he can't tell that i do tell i just i was instantly over it because i remember us completely trying to get sunnydale under control Mm -hmm. and also printing out you know hilarious maps i mean there were fun maps about like what does sunnydale look like yeah but you can never tell how serious they are because they are inherently hilarious because the industrial docks are right next to like a children's play area it's like well there's a park there there's a school here and like the docks right so where do people do anything where do they live where where does, the, where's like, the school things like what band candy and all the fun things like where's the main street where are Buffy yeah. meeting up uh, for the when it snowed on their Christmas episode mm-hmm. the fuck is it downtown yeah so yeah. it's Really uh, confusing right off the bat. There's, there's a like, oh. there's a map of Sunnydale, quote unquote, quote in unquote. Principal Bob Flutie's office. That's actually a map Flutie, of Santa no Barbara. Shit. 
So, I, but I don't think we're supposed to take Sunnydale as Santa Barbara, a massive city, uh, versus Sunnydale, what's supposed oh. to be a city of 30,000 people. There's absolutely a bunch of different maps online oh, okay. of f- fans that have done. Right, like, we're going to post those was. maps. But they're, they're like three or four yeah, yeah. streets big, you know? It's like Night Vale. Like, they, this is oh. a, a theoretical map, of course, but there's yeah, no yeah. place in logic. Plus, you have to cram in 12 cemeteries. Yeah, that's what? <laughs> Huge cemeteries, too. Yes. They're massive for fighting, basically. Yes. They're fighting arenas, almost, in mm-hmm. a way. It's And they just didn't know. I mean, California Parks and Rec, I don't want to besmirch your name. There's but you didn't know you were on a Hellmouth. There's a giant I mean, cavern underneath the entire city of Sunnydale. Yeah, do you not look for that, is what I'm saying. So, Angel, I just want to say it. Hunk. Right? Hunk. I don't That's bite line. Come on. Yeah. Hunk. He just looks like Done. a little baby. Just a little baby. <laughs> Is there a problem, ma'am? Yeah, there's a problem. Why are you following me? I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. I don't bite, man. As a fan of Angel, the, the series, you know, at the time, I was spoiled by your interpretations. You were not a huge Angel fan. You no. didn't like, well, Angel, the show. Yeah. Uh, Angel on the on Buffy you were you know moderately whatever no I actually uh, it's kind of the reverse for me I don't like Angel the show or I didn't but then when you started watching I watched some episodes and it was okay Uh, but Angel the character on Buffy I could not stand you could not stand could not stand gotcha because he's just like weird second fiddle and I don't Okay, well, we're going to explore that as we go on to see why that possibly might be, although I think I know exactly why that is. But uh, Angel in this was totally a hunk. Um, When Buffy talks about a year's supply of turtle wax, that was really straight 90s, which made me happy. When they said the harvest was the reason... I thought of uh, Pawnee and Little Sebastian. Oh, yes. And uh, the Pawnee Harvest. Yeah, the 90s band is... 90s. Sprung monkey. Sprung monkey. <laughs> Sprung monkey. Sprung monkey. Yes, sir. Oh, I was they actually are playing that. at the Browns that night. That's like I thought you were about to say that they're playing at like the Wonder Ball oh, like be. next week. They might. Uh, but yeah, they're the band that's on the stage in the episode, and they also have like, three songs during the episode, and a couple in the next one, too. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, okay, so now we're in the bronze. So this is still episode one. We're in the, we're, we're in the bronze, and I absolutely love the scene where Buffy walks in, fish out of water situation, and there's a guy waving at <laughs> Buffy, thinks this stranger is waving at her. But it's just waving at the dude behind her. Right. But there's nothing to that because the guy behind just waves nonchalantly. It seemed like the other guy was like, hey, friend, I'm at the front of the stage for this 90s band. (laughs) But that's the end of it. Like, what the hell is that about? Have you ever waved to someone in a concert? Yeah, to be like, hey, man, I'm over here by the bar. But have you ever just like super waved to somebody just to say hello? Just to wave? No. No one does that. So that's not a thing. So Gay Willow in this scene is not very gay. No, she's not. Not yet. Uh, Quote, life is short. Unquote. Buffy Summers. 
I mean, there's no better <laughs> mantra to live under. Um, it's than, almost like she comes up with the phrase carpe diem, but doesn't realize it. <laughs> carpe diem, yeah. It's like she's never watched uh, Dead Poet Society. Uh, Willow has seen that and basically would tattoo that onto her. <laughs> her skull if she could <laughs> that seems like something right up her alley which leads her to go make bad choices with vampires yeah terrible terrible choices but buffy thankfully is shaping up to be a good friend yeah i was right. really into it she was just like i'm gonna be back i promise you I'm oh god back. There's, there's, and i love that i thought oh instantly i'm just like oh that's great through the whole episode they're the all so episode. happy and so cute it's so and like cute. so friends and then willow it's makes so terrible decisions to go off into she, all she wants to do is go to the ice cream bar that's not a thing the sunnydale ice cream bar that, that's not a thing also yeah. where's the ice cream bar in relation to the rest of the town we're into this situation again where does that go is that part of downtown or is this a food truck i must you know, wonder don't go to like i don't understand it's where. the espresso pump which shows up later the coffee oh, shop fuck maybe off. that used to be the ice cream bar oh for god's sake and, but um, the downtown didn't exist for another season well, i don't think we see that downtown in season one no because we need it for buffy yeah. and angel that's what we need it for when we need it we're gonna have it yeah. but right now we have an ice cream bar that willow quote unquote knows about because she's read the <laughs> script and she has to say it but she's walking through and dude is like this is a shortcut and it's like there is never a shortcut to any ice cream bar on earth through cemetery do not go through uh, well no. that's what she says that's the line correct uh through a cemetery obviously but also in general i'm just saying your best way to get to an ice cream bar is straight on. Oh, yeah. Don't take a shortcut. No, never you don't need to. There's never an ice cream emergency wherein a shortcut would be justified anyway. Correct. And so I have a question for you. Do we ever meet the bronze's owners? No, not, not to my knowledge. Because no. Jesus Christ, at the end of Harvest, they just took over and it's just a pool of blood. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? How do you even come back from that? And, and you know, I see someone like Joyce being like, cool, that's fine. Like, we're here in a just a bloodletting town but the rest of them <laughs> just are just like town. the rest of them are like i don't want my kid to go to the bronze and i think that's a fair thing like well, hey okay. there's a massacre over there there's vampires everywhere so our kids shouldn't go and that's going to become a, a recurring trope is that these kids go to this fucking school with these fucking vampires <laughs> and fucking werewolves and no one fucking cares and that until is hilarious Mu. until moo who the fuck's Moo? It's Gingerbread uh, season three. Oh, for when yeah, with she forms. Oh my god! But even mothers then, you're doing a call. play or whatever. And nice it's like, acronym, mom. Oh god, choice. <laughs> oh, these are like you're bringing back these flashbacks that I don't want right now. I'm just saying I can't believe that this is happening already. And also, apparently, it costs five thousand dollars every time, every you, stake time you stake someone. The first time she stakes someone, somebody off screen just threw a bunch of sand <laughs> on the screen. But the rest of them, I mean, in Harvest, they actually showed them, yeah. and they were terrible per use, per use, which is awesome. So, like, we're basically at, right at the end of like, the Hellmouth. It's the end, and because Hellmouth ended the, pretty well. Well, it, it, yeah, it ended right with uh, Luke's coming after Buffy. She's laying yes. in the coffin. Oh, girl's gonna get it, and then. Boom. And then boom. To be continued. To be continued. Now we're in the harvest. And now we're in the harvest. Yes. Up in horsey heaven, here's a thing. You trade your legs for angels' wings. And once we've all said goodbye, you take a running leap and you learn. 